You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we help you make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your everyday life. I'm Phil, and today, friends, is one of those episodes that blows me away because today I have the honor of being joined by Richard Foster and Brenda Quinn. Now, Richard Foster is one of those people who, you know, when you look back on your journey, we all have those people that really shaped us in a foundational way. And that's Richard for me, because my wife and I were introduced really to spiritual disciplines in college, so quite a number of years ago, through his book, Celebration of Discipline. And Rua Space honestly wouldn't be here most likely without that book. Of course, God leads us in the directions that God leads, but that book was a very transformational, pivotal moment for us. And so having him on the podcast is just such an honor. And Brenda Quinn as well is joining. She is a pastor of spiritual formation at Living Way Fellowship in South Denver and helped um, sort of the ideas and development of this book, Learning Humility, that they are here to talk with us about today. Of course, you can find many other books by Richard Foster as well. He's quite a prolific author. But I hope that this conversation, specifically on this book and this topic of humility today, is a blessing to you. Now, before we dig into the conversation, I do just want to share with you a few things that we are up to here at Rua Space. For Lent, we're doing a couple of really cool things. On our Patreon page, which you can find a link to in the description below, we are going through Jonah, which you may think you know all about Jonah and that they may be very possible. But there are some really fun angles that we are going to be exploring in this series, sort of with a um, spiritual disciplines uh, bent, if you will. And then we're also doing 40 days of praying the names of God with 10-minute yoga classes, So one of these classes every week during Lent will be released for free on YouTube, and then every class will be released on our memberships. You can find links to both of those things in the descriptions below. And of course, if you ever have any questions, just reach out to us at connect at ruaspace.com, where you can inquire about spiritual direction and much more. But friends, we are so grateful that you are here with us today. I pray that this conversation about learning humility with Richard Foster and Brenda Quinn is a blessing, a challenge, and an encouragement. <laughs> I'm Richard Foster. And I live in uh, the Colorado area and like to hike in the mountains. <laughs> and Brenda, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Brenda Quinn, and I'm also in the Colorado area. I'm I'm close, a little closer to Denver, and I'm a pastor uh, at a, a Pentecostal church in the Denver area, pastor of spiritual formation, and I have a background of writing and editing and have worked with Richard's organization, Renovare, for many years. Well, it is such an honor to have you both on the podcast. I have 
been blessed to speak to many people in the spiritual formation space. And Brenda, I'm so glad that you could join today. And Richard, I just have to say this, this whole thing is your fault. It, uh, you know, with celebration, <laughs> with, with celebration of discipline, my wife and I read that book as undergraduate students and it shifted our course completely. So I just want to say thanks for taking the time today. Delighted to be with you. So this book is Learning Humility, and it is one of these foundational principles or virtues of living in our life. And one of the things you said very early on in the book was you said thoughts about writing on the subject of humility keep pressing in on me. And mm. one of the reasons we love Lexio Divina at Rua Space is it sort of teaches us, in my opinion, how to pay attention to those pressing feelings. So when you say it kept pressing in on you, was that a familiar feeling you had had in the past that then you said, ooh, that's the Holy Spirit, I need to listen? Can you take us into what is what is that feeling for you? Well, you know, um, Satan pushes and condemns. God draws and encourages. Mm. And we can learn the difference. And uh, I've been to Brenda's church, and uh, she calls it the Pentecostal church. But uh, if it's not an oxymoron, it's mildly charismatic. Uh, it <laughs> it has a way of just a gentle openness to what God is doing and listening. And so she comes from a tradition of uh, keen interest in this, the ruah of God, the breath of God. And uh, so, you know, we look for that and we test that. We wait, we see. And the idea just came to me as I was thinking about uh, New Year's resolutions. I don't like them because, you know, they're usually just humanly initiated things that last a couple of weeks. And <laughs> so, but, but that idea, and it was just two words, learn humility. And I thought, oh, I think that's for me, that I have something to learn. So I thought, well, okay. And, uh, you know, I have probably a dozen uh, journals that I started and lasted uh, for a short time. Uh, so I didn't think this would uh, last very long, but I thought, well, let me write about it. And uh, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. When th those two words learn humility, was it something in your mind? Did you see it somewhere? How did you sort of attach to those words? It was almost like they were spoken. I don't think I could have recorded it on a tape recorder. I don't know. But just in my spirit, you need to learn humility. But it was just two words learn humility. So away I went. I did not know. That is, I, you know, I started out just jotting notes in a journal. 
um, and and uh, scribblings up up and down and around and uh, and then it began to dawn on me that this may in time be for others as well. So I went to Brenda and a few others and just said, I don't know what uh, this is going to look like, but would you uh, read what I write? And, uh, you know, these notations and see if they uh, have some sense. Because in part, it was almost a stream of consciousness sort of writing uh, what was happening to me, uh, but also study. And uh, see, these aren't contradictory ideas. You can uh, have an experience and then you can study about it. And uh, as we read through the Bible, you know, uh, people have listened to God. And uh, so that's what I tried to do. Absolutely. But, but I wanted to... I wanted to do it on a single theme, humility, humilitas. And uh, I thought, well, that would be a interesting experience. It was. And <laughs> Don't it was know. A, <laughs> it was. It Go was ahead. a very unique, a very unique sort of uh, method, as you said, journaling about it because it was more of your thoughts. And I really appreciated that about it. Brenda, when you were approached to work through this, what was your initial feeling? What sort of came up for you as you started working through this material? Um, well, this has been a few years ago that Richard started this project and it took him at least two years, I think, to get from beginning, probably more than two years, three years. Three, yeah, yeah, three years to get from beginning to end. Um, so I think he he kind of did it in stops and starts. Um, but I remember when he first wrote to us and said, I have this idea and I'm just going to play with it and I'm not sure if it's going to go anywhere, but would you be willing to be part of a team of readers? Uh, it, I, it was just at a place just in our culture, in our country, I think even before COVID started where it just felt like, Wow, the theme of humility, that that focus feels right for this time in our world. And you know, not that it's it ever hasn't been right. It's always been a right theme, but it just felt like a good one to reintroduce to our Christian community as well as just our world at large. It it felt like it was it was maybe prompted by the Holy Spirit. So could each of you then give me a sort of quick summary from this journey, from writing, from reading, walking along the path, how would you define humility? Brenda, you can go first. Wow. Um, I think I would just say more than anything else, it's probably a attention toward Jesus versus an attention toward ourselves. Mm. That is what good. a wonderful definition. <laughs> and humility, the word itself, comes from humus, the earth. And to be grounded in uh, the earth, in, in life, and seeing ourselves as we actually fit into that, to know who we really are. Mm. Uh, and then to realize that it isn't just uh, um, tr 
trying to uh, make ourselves, you know, more humble than somebody else. Let me just read this little description that C.S. Lewis gives. It's such a wonderful and just a few words giving us the sense of what it is. Do not imagine that if you meet a really humble person, he will be uh, what most people call humble nowadays. He will not be a sort of greasy, smarty person who is always telling you that, of course, he is nobody. Probably all you will think about him is that he is a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you said to him. If you do dislike him, it will be because you feel a little envious of anyone who seems to enjoy life so easily. He will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. Isn't that nice? <laughs> so it, it's a it's an, a, a right assessment of where we are, and it this is all through the Christian history. This has been seen as the most foundational virtue for human transformation. Mm. And that makes perfect sense, because how do we learn anything without humility? See, we need a, a, to be teachable. Mm. And uh, that's one of the most uh, basic characteristics of what humility is. We're able to learn from others. We're able to learn from our experience. We're able to learn from God. We don't have it all. <laughs> and we can be taught. Do you see how easy that is and how it just flows in life? But if we want to grab, if we want to think that we know everything. I used to teach at a university and I'd watch professors, you know, puffing themselves up and, and having to answer every as if they knew everything. No, one of the best things that a professor can do is to be able to say, I don't know. <laughs> Let's learn together. <laughs> now, that's powerful. I, I really like the idea that it's so foundational and... I think that comes to, you reference the cloud of witnesses in the book and that humility is seeing yourself as you really are. And uh -huh. I love that invitation because I think for a long time, I felt like humility was, no, no, no. I need to think of myself as really low. And <laughs> and honestly, and, and it seems more like the, the more wise people that I interact with on humility, they're saying, no, 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 because that also is not true of who you are as a beloved child made in the image of God, it's not seeing yourself as terrible. It's seeing yourself as you truly are. Right. And then, as Brenda mentioned, we we turn like a, a, a magnet toward the pole star of the Spirit, Jesus. As we turn to Jesus 
and look toward Jesus, then we can forget ourselves. We can just let go and uh, learn to be attentive. And th think of these wonderful words of Jean-Pierre de Cousade when he said, the soul, light as a feather, fluid as water, innocent as a child, responds to every movement of grace like a floating balloon. Isn't that lovely? Mm. So you just take those different metaphors, light as a feather, fluid as water, innocent as a child, responding like a floating balloon. <laughs> that could Respond make a good meditation. <laughs> it would. Responding to every movement of grace. Mm. See, this is no legalism where we got, you know, have to, as, as you would put it, you know, put ourselves down. We, we learn not to worry about ourselves too much. Mm. <laughs> and it seems that there's a certain freedom then that comes with this. Mm -hmm. An absolute freedom and joy. Holy hilarity. <laughs> yeah. I once I once uh, went to a lady who'd been through a lot of really tough times and I just wanted to see how she was and uh I went in and and she was uh, doing one of those stitchery pieces what what is it Brenda that the cross stitch cross stitch Yeah, where you're spelling things out? Yeah, cross stitch. I, cross stitch and I said uh Margaret, where did you get that? Oh, she said, a few days ago, the Lord spoke to me. And she was writing out what she felt God had said to her. And this is what she had on that piece. Fun ahead, saith the Lord. And she used the old English, saith. Fun ahead, saith the Lord. <laughs> now, that was just a way of God's saying to her, you know, you have a future. There's things for you to do. <laughs> so there's this difficult relationship then, you know, and, and I think for, for both of you to maybe speak to this as a pastor, as an author, um, between humility and then, and I know, Brenda, you mentioned that it's it's really needed in our culture at the moment. And I know, Richard, in your book, you talk about this as well, that if you want to get published, for example, you need a very <laughs> large audience and lots of self-promotion. So how how would we in our world for someone walking that path, what 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 does that path look like? Because it, it seems like a difficult tightrope balance. <laughs> Brenda, I'll leave yeah. that question to you. <laughs> well, I I do. I think it's your you're kind of, it feels like a lot of times if you're called to, to writing or to doing like you're doing with podcast or, or whatever it might be in the public sphere, it, it does feel like, wow, as a Christian, how, how does God want me to handle this? And I don't, I don't want to promote myself. You know, I always think about the verses that talk about, you know, humble yourself and, and he will exalt you. And so I, I think that there's got to be some way of living that out for all of us, no matter what we're called to. 
And I guess it, I think it's probably a daily, just a daily walk with the Holy spirit of praying and asking God, how do I live within this realm and, and still follow your ways and keep my eyes on you and not be focused on myself and the numbers and making my name great, but making your name great. And whatever you want me to do, you'll open the doors for. And I, I do, you know, I do believe you don't, you don't have to cross lines of, of, you know, obeying the culture and the, um, the unwritten rules to, to make ourselves known. I think if, if God wants us somewhere, he will put us somewhere and he'll give us that success, um, when we're faithful to him. And so I don't know, I, I can't say, you know, give an exact way of doing that. But I do think when we walk with the spirit, he makes a way for us. Mm. You know, Phil, if uh, if you could watch Brenda at her chair, church, she's paying attention to people and to small things about people. And uh, that's one of the best signs that this grace is coming along. And uh, remember the old verse, despise not the day of small things. Mm. And we give attention to what's right before us today in my family, with my children, or whatever it is. And uh, I, I learned to give attention to those things. And, you know, uh, God can take care of uh, all that exalting stuff <laughs> i don't need to take care of it yeah <laughs> there's a old, old story of a monk who he was uh, watching uh, a uh, a woman out uh, uh there was a big uh, big uh, rug on the line and she was beating it and the lord said uh, that's what i'm doing with your reputation but you be still and trust me, and uh, I'll take you through this. See, it's okay. I don't have to guard or make sure everybody understands. That's why, as you've been teaching on your podcast, silence is one of the deepest disciplines of the spirit because um, we learn not to be in charge of all these things, to make sure that everybody thinks this or that about us. We don't need to worry about that and let God take care of it. Does that make sense? It does. And and I'm so glad you said that because silence has become such a central practice for me. And I notice mm. that when I don't spend enough time just sitting or sometimes even walking, but for me, it's generally seated. I just start to feel so different. But when I spend that time, oh, the things that come up, the 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 more I'm in touch with other people, with God's voice. I mean, it's 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 such a it's such a maybe simple but difficult, but also profound practice. And I, I think there's there's two things that I've seen that come out of it, and you can either, agree and go forward with it or disagree with me. But, you know, two of the things for me that come up is 
being more faithfully present. And as you talked about looking to Jesus for humility, you know, Jesus is the one who sees Zacchaeus in the tree. He hears the blind man crying out to him over the crowds. He feels the woman touch his robe. Like he was just fully aware of what was going on right there. And then self-knowledge and getting to know our own story, our own even motivations. As, as you were talking, Brenda, you know, I was reminded of uh, the beatitude, blessed are the pure in heart, to consider our motives in how and why we're acting on something. But I really appreciated how in the book you said that self-knowledge is the only way to get and keep the virtue of humility. Don't flinch in the face of the tremendous work involved. Get to know yourself. Yes, it is backbreaking labor. And it, and it goes on. It's a beautiful quote. So one, I guess, do you agree that silence invites us into those things? But then second, um, so I'll make a very complicated question here. You can go whatever way you want. Um, how might you encourage someone to grow in self-knowledge? Brenda, I think you can take that. Well, you know, Richard talks about that at the beginning of the book. And the, I think the places you're referring to, Phil, are from the cloud of unknowing. And uh, yes. um, that author really, really focuses on that area of, of getting to know yourself, sitting with yourself, looking honestly at yourself and um, coming to a place of, you know, recognizing your sin. And I, I don't think he means it in a, or he or she means that in a, a way like we were talking about before of of making you feel like you're a horrible person but but we're all we're all sinful people right we all um we all have that that sin in us that is going to lead us away from humility but the more we can understand who we are and why we do what we do and what's at the bottom of us seeking our our ways instead of god's ways the more we can look to him and you know he says or the author says, you know, the, the end result isn't for us to focus on ourselves. The end result is to get us to focus on God. But sometimes we mm -hmm. have to understand ourselves better um, on that path to getting to know God better. And if we're doing it in God's presence, through scripture, through honesty, as we look at ourselves, it's going to draw us closer to God and help us get to know him better, which is going to then form that humility in us. So it makes a lot of sense. You know, that book, The Cloud of Unknowing, people have tried pretty hard to figure out who wrote that. <laughs> and we have never succeeded at that. And isn't that lovely? <laughs> Here's a non-self-promoting person mm. who writes these words. And they've gone down through the centuries and, and have helped us. So I'm glad for that, actually. Um, and and uh, so we learn to just uh, walk day by day, paying attention to the small corners of life, caring. One of the first things we learn in the life of humility is to serve other people. Just find things we can do for other people. And that guides us. Mm -hmm. And uh, and as the that book mentions, learning to know ourselves. Now, we don't know if this writer, 
anonymous writer, if he knew Aristotle, but um, he certainly understood the principle, know thyself, that Aristotelian idea. Mm. And, uh, but he said that is an imperfect humility because it still focuses on us. And so as we learn to move from that to focusing our attention on God, and uh, we swing like a magnet to the pole star of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that will help us to get beyond all of this stuff that goes around today, the egoism, the, the sort of raging narcissism. Uh, you know that that word comes from Narcissus, who looked in uh, a lake and saw his own face and fell in love with his own face. And uh, in other words, that excessive (laughs) self-love. It's rampant today. (laughs) Uh, And if we could just see it for what it is and how, how narrow it makes our lives Mm. and uh, learn to let go of that. Uh, That's a great blessing. Yeah. Well, I think that's why at at one point you have a section that's called the burden of humility is light. And Mm -hmm. I love that sort of that. Yes. Self-knowledge is important, but it turns us ultimately to face God. And, and I feel like as a part of that gratitude I feel like must be deeply related to humility because as we, and for me, again, spending time in silence, prayer, meditation, whatever that might be, as we grow closer to the Holy Spirit, I think gratitude just takes hold. Is there a deep link between gratitude and humility? No, they're absolutely connected Uh, on, I mean, just they're sort of, two sides to the same coin, because think of it, if I can be thankful for another human being, thankful for good things that come, even difficult things that come, I just learn to be thankful in all things, not for all things, because there are some things that come along that are pretty destructive. But in all of that, I can be thankful that God is with me. Hmm. What more do I need? Hmm. (laughs) That's really good. So connected to all of this as well was this term that came up. And it's one I'd love to hear more about. And it's it. I feel like it's something that's being written about more and more. And I appreciate that. And that's the idea of holy leisure. Can we talk a little about holy leisure? Remember that by writing on humility, we are working in the holiness tradition. Because that's the these virtues... Uh, the Bible used the phrase, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, that's a way, another way of talking about the virtues, love and joy and peace, and gentleness and goodness. Now, part of all of that 
is the ability to just receive from God. Now, how do we do that? We learn to be still. <laughs> and uh, holy leisure is simply uh, letting go of this grasping and grabbing the um, half an hour before we got on the air together, I was simply living with Psalm 1. Happy are those who walk, do not walk in the way of the wicked or take the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord. See the law that gives life. And on this law, they meditate day and night. Well, I haven't quite got that down, but uh, we can do a little bit of that. Learn, I remember the old phrase, ora et labora. We learn to work and pray. And those things we do simultaneously. See, we live on two levels at once. On one level, we're undertaking the tasks of the day, but hopefully on a deeper level. There's inner promptings. There's responding to the movement of the Spirit. There's listening to the Lord. There's watching for little things that come up that might guide us in the way everlasting. Mm. I love Father Albert Hass in his book, Becoming an Ordinary Mystic talks about the unmet need or required duty of the present moment and sort of talking about exactly what you're saying, the importance of, well, I was going to pray, but then my child started crying and needed this. Well, meeting that need may be the, the most, the deepest connection to the Holy Spirit, to God in the moment that we can have. And, and it's being fully present to that, that opens up those doors. And I mean, I just think of Jesus' life, how frequently, quote-unquote, distractions, things that maybe weren't planned, were actually some of the most significant interactions that he ended up having. So I, I definitely appreciate yes. that sort of, that humus again, right? The groundedness, the earthiness of it. Brenda, what was one of the most surprising things as you entered on this journey of humility uh, what maybe surprised you or shifted for you as you worked through this book? Well, I we haven't talked yet about how Richard um, designed the book, uh, wrote the book along with the Lakota calendar. And it, it's a really beautiful aspect of the book that just felt like even that in itself that that God guided him in the very beginning stages of the book to um, incorporate that alongside of everything he was talking about with humility, because, mm -hmm. you know, of of all things, the Lakota themselves talk about virtues and have have some basic virtues that they uphold in their culture and humility is the very first one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Richard didn't have to <laughs> arrange that that way it was it was that way when he went to their readings and um he's got several quotes in here um by them in from some of their writings and i just thought that was such an affirmation to our Christian our christian history 
of humility and the biblical history of humility and the importance that scripture places on it that even this native people um, from so many years ago in our land really exalted humility and it's really um it's really interesting to hear Richard bring out some of their history and some of their writings and um, the way they really exalt humility in a way that they lived out in their, in their life with each other throughout all those years. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciated those connections as well. You know, this, this book, the first nations, uh, I, I guess it's blurred out for you. The first nations version of the new Testament was this indigenous uh, trend also by IVP. Um, and I love how grounded it is connected to creation, the a different way of seeing it. So I also appreciated you sort of bringing that aspect into things. I think it, it shifts a little bit. And there was a section in, in part where I think it's still related to humility, but you went sort of into the syncretism uh, conversation for just three or four pages. And one of the quotes that stood out to me, because I deeply believe this as well, you said, in every culture and people group, we look for those areas that are consonant with the gospel of Jesus. Then we rejoice in and accept. These we rejoice in and accept as marks of the spirit. Those areas in the culture that are disconsonant uh, with the gospel of Jesus, we gladly turn from. And I really appreciated that because I, having been blessed to travel and live different places and learn from lots of people, people are people and the truth is is everywhere. And we can learn so much from people that we may not even agree with on everything, um, but there's truth that people have discovered that we can tap into. So I, on one level, I just want to say thank you for putting that in there. Um, but well, I, I do good. think this also plays into humility that we we don't have everything perfectly right. Jesus does, but we don't. That's right. And we learn to move among. You see, Jesus is alive and he is at work in every culture and every people even those who do not know his name, he still is at work. And one of the things that with humility, when we come to a different culture, we learn uh, where Jesus has been at work. And we can affirm that. Of course, every culture, including our own, have things that are disconsonant, as you say. And uh, and we turn from those things. And uh, the, in in uh, American culture, there are two things that are particularly disconsonant, and one is arrogance, and the other is um, a lack of uh, I mean distraction, being distracted as a people being arrogant. Those are the two things that if we really want to follow Jesus, we'll learn to turn from. And that's why sitting in silence can be so hard <laughs> for both yeah, of those that's things. Right. <laughs> and we learn to do this slowly. Mm. Uh, you know, speed reading I, I learned how to do that in college, and then I found it it's it's wonderful for a lot of uh, oh you know 
literature today that only deserve five or 10 minutes. But when you go to the old writers, particularly, you need to spend time there. Uh, think of uh, Aquinas uh, saying, the only person who is free to, oh, this is a, a, a campus, the only person who is free to travel or safe to travel is the person who's free to stay put. Mm. The only person who is safe to speak is the person who's free to stay quiet. <laughs> we can live with those words for a while. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I almost just want to leave a little space right there to let to let that one sink in. I, I think that that's a powerful thing to reflect on for sure. In the end, and again, you know, we have only begun to scratch the surface of this. And my hope, of course, is that as you're listening to this, this will sort of uh, whet your appetite to go and dig into the whole book. But what might be a final word from each of you of either challenge or encouragement around learning humility? Hmm. Let's learn with joy. Hmm. The road ahead. And, uh, and and now don't be too worried about getting it all. Just learn from the Lord what is for you today. And the issue of humility will be taken care of. Mm. Brenda. Yeah, I, I really, I keep coming back to one of the first sentences in the book, just a few pages into the book, Richard says, Jesus is indeed the divine paradigm for conjugating all the verbs of humility um, I love that sentence, and um, and I love the fact that Richard, in his writing, is is so quick to say, none of us are going to get this right, but but God's not holding anything over us. God loves us. God God's drawing us into humility because it's the way He draws us to Himself, and so um, He He doesn't intend for us to to feel guilty or to feel like I've got one more thing that I need to add to my list, you know, that, that I'm not good enough in, but he's, he's drawing us into humility because it's who we were created to be. And, and as we, as we draw closer and closer to Jesus, he's the one that forms us in humility. Mm -hmm. He, he's the one that makes us more and more like himself. And that's how we were created to live. So um, it's not something we have to put pressure on ourselves about, but it's, it's just, setting our eyes back on him again, soaking in his word. You know, there's a whole list of early in the book verses that are so wonderful about humility. We kind of forget about how often scripture talks about humility, but, um, you know, just, just sitting with those verses, sitting in his word and letting him shape us and form us and keeping our eyes on him um, rather than on this world and all the, the requirements that this world give us. Let's, let's set our eyes on him. And that's when, you know, the yoke is easy and the burden is light. Mm -hmm. Amen. Very good, Brenda. Mm -hmm. If people would like to connect more with what each of you are up to, where can we send them? 
<laughs> well, go to the book itself, Learning Humility. I try to just share, as Brenda mentions, it was a three-year process, share who I am and what I do. And uh, I'm no longer in doing public ministry. You know, I'm an old guy. <laughs> so uh, that's enough for people. <laughs> That's well, I, I've got another good one, Phil. Um, you know, Richard founded Renovari, and um, mm. it's a it's an organization focused on spiritual formation. And Renovari has a book club that's going to be featuring this book starting in late January. And it would be a great way if people are interested in the book and want to go through the book with a community of people. Mm. It's really neat the way they have the book club set up. You can do online conversations, online chatting with people as you read kind of along with a reading schedule. And then um, there are going to be several podcasts that um, Richard is going to be doing. I'm going to be joining in a few of those. And there's another man who's been part of the reading team, Bob Freiling, who's going to be doing some of those podcasts. So there'll be a lot of talking about the book and about the subject matter. And we're going to be guiding people through some journal prompts to be journaling about humility along the way. So it's going to be a really neat journey. That's fantastic. Well, we'll put a link to Renovare in the description. Of course, also a link to Learning Humility. I highly recommend Celebration of Discipline as well. And of course, just search Richard Foster on Amazon and you can come up with any of those books worth worth reading. So thank you both for the time. This is a huge honor. I, I'm just so grateful for this conversation. Well, thank you, Phil, for wanting to talk with us. Thank you. This was great. My pleasure. Hello friends, Phil here again. Before we go, I just want to say thank you once again for being with us here today. I pray that this conversation was a blessing to you, that you will check out this book, Learning Humility, which you can find in the description below, links to that, as well as all of Richard Foster's other books because they will change your life. Friends, we also hope that you will consider supporting the Rua Space Ministry over on Patreon. Join that Jonah series for Lent or whatever else we may be up to when you listen to this, as well as our free Christian yoga videos on YouTube and the membership where we make classes that our members request, as well as over a hundred other videos of all styles, lengths, themes, and types. So friends, thank you once again. Blessings as you go forth from this space. Grace and peace be with you.